Welcome to AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. Thank you for joining us on this episode of AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. I am Matt Tiskus, Regional Director for the Mid-South Region, and I am sitting, as we record today, in person with the one and only Jameson Capola. Jameson, it is so great to be together in person. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Matt, in person. Uh, we are in Atlanta. Go figure. Go figure, yeah. Um, you know, watching some planes take off and land at the airport. Yes, we are here at the LEAD Conference, which the AACS hosts on an annual basis. Every February. Every February in Atlanta. You know, thinking about Atlanta, there's, there's some court things happening related to election season that our listeners uh, may be familiar with. True uh, story. The last two times I've been in Atlanta, I've been held up at the airport. Once for our vice president's visit. Whoa, whoa hold on a second. Held up, as in a crime committed? No. Or? Oh, okay, no. Okay, 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 okay. Held up in security. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because the vice president's plane was landing. Okay. So all operations ceased. Okay. Hour and a half in the security line getting to my plane. Oof. Did the you make se- it? Did you make it? I made it. Okay, okay. The second time, our former president, President Trump, mm. was landing to be indicted. So, there's that. So, I drove this time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a little wise. Yeah. Wiser. I learned, I learned my lesson. You learned your lesson. It is election season. Super Tuesday is right around the corner. There's a lot of drama happening in the election. Uh, how excited are you for Super Tuesday? Well, again, I, I feel like we're coming back around to Atlanta when you're talking about elections. Uh, you know, I'm excited, but not really. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to say I'm excited, Matt, but how's that for a guy involved in politics? Yeah, like isn't it a foregone conclusion? I think as I think it pretty much looks to be a rematch. Although uh, Nikki Haley supporters might have something to say about that, they I'm might. guessing. Yeah, but um, yeah. we're not sure if that's going to happen. Speaking of elections, though, and speaking of Super Tuesday, AACS had our own Super Tuesday. We had our own Super Tuesday. Today. Our, our own election. That's right. Yes, and we're very excited to announce that the AACS has elected uh, a new president as of uh, the day that we are recording. That's right. We are happy to welcome our new president, Dr. Richard Callahan. And so he's with us today in Atlanta as well. And uh, we're glad to have him on the podcast. We are looking forward to this opportunity to introduce him to our AACS listeners and to spend some time with him. Welcome, Dr. Callahan. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be with you, Buck and Clay, <laughs> Matt and Jameson. It's a treat to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. We, we've been called worse. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah I, I, my famous phrase is, call me whatever you'd like, just don't call me late for dinner. There you go. So, Dr. Callahan, congratulations on your um, election to the presidency of AACS. And we thought we'd take it just a few minutes with you and... Uh, introduce you to the uh, podcast listeners, our school leaders, our administrators and teachers that maybe aren't quite familiar with you. So probably start off with just having you uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you, we know you pastor a church in North Carolina, longtime member of AACS, and you've been involved in the, the work of Christian education many years. So uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you never know when you're young what God has for you and what steps he's going to lead. And most all of us have kind of stumbled 
into Christian education to a greater and greater degree. But uh, I've been at, my wife and I have been at our church for 47 years, Mount Calvary Baptist in Archdale, North Carolina. And uh, it, it's uh, been a, a real joy to, to uh, spend, since 1977, actively engaged in the same work. Uh, we have relocated the ministry over the years. Mm. God's been very good to us. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I have both taught and cleaned restrooms, done everything <laughs> over yeah. the years. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, again, has been a joy. Our daughters have been right with us. We have three daughters. All have graduated from our school, and mm. um, two of the three came back to teach for us. Oh, that's a blessing. And it, it is. It is a, a great blessing. Many of our faculty members are our graduates. Mm and uh, our principal and youth pastor and probably one day will be the next pastor of our church is one of our graduates so we've been very very thankful and a longtime member of aacs yes um, you shared a factoid this morning with the state leaders that are assembled at our lead conference this year that kind of paints a picture of kind of uh, how long and uh, involved you've been with AACS. So do you mind sharing with our listeners kind of some of your story about your connection to historic leaders of AACS? Uh, yes. Uh, in the 1980s, North Carolina's two state Christian school organizations were taken to court mm. because the Department of Public Instruction wanted us to come under their constraints and mm. basically make us little public schools. And the Lord gave us a victory. It was a landmark victory. And so we now have responsibilities for fire, health, and safety and, and very few other things. But uh, several good things came out of that court case. Uh, one was that the two competing Christian school organizations dissolved. They, they disbanded and formed one new association. Mm -hmm. And that became the North Carolina Christian School Association in 1992. Hmm. Uh, another good thing that came out of the court case was that soon thereafter, the Republican Governor Martin established a Department of Non-Public Instruction, and he came to the North Carolina Christian School Association and said, you are the largest uh, group of private schools. Would you give us a recommendation for the, the director? And so one of our Christian school administrators became the first director of the Department of Non-Public Instruction for the state. And so it's been my privilege over the years to be a part of both the NCCSA and the AACS in the uh, promotion of Christian education and the protection of our religious liberties. And uh, just so grateful for that. Um, I came to my first national AACS meeting in Washington when Al Janney, the first, mm, really, first pretty, much the, yeah. pretty much the founder, founder of, yeah, yeah. Um, was being honored for his retirement, and so uh, that was a special privilege. Yeah, so your, your uh, connection to AACS is historic. It goes all the way back with that connection to our founder, Al Janney. I, I never got to meet Al Janney, but I hear just, uh, you know, he's one of those historic figures that's, you know, almost larger than life that's for right. his vision for Christian education. So fast forward now to 2023. Uh, we know that Pastor Rouse, our, our, who was our current president up, in, up until today, was planning to retire. 
what prompted you uh, to be interested in uh, becoming the next president of the American Association of Christian Schools? Well, it was not it was not an interest in becoming as much as it was when the opening came up when Pastor Rouse decided he he had to retire due to the health of his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they came. Uh, Edward Earwood asked if I would consider mm. the role of president, and I told him he could throw my name in, but I f- did not expect to, they would ask me to do it. <laughs> I got myself stuck in a corner, but uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 it's one of those areas where you say, Lord, I'm willing, if, if this is what you want from me, I'm willing to do my best, and I, I don't want in any way to dishonor the mm. integrity of the American Association of Christian Schools, for which I'm so thankful, and I've appreciated the men who have given their lives to make it what it is today. That's great. That's great. Well, through your decades of service in Christian education, uh, you've seen a lot of changes. What, what would you identify as some of the most important changes or developments uh, that you've seen in our schools of, as you've been connected to the association? Well, I think in recent years, the through COVID, this ominous outreach, overreach mm. of government into our schools, and they certainly uh, took over our schools and our churches uh, in a very dramatic way. And uh, that is a, one of tremendous importance. And uh, interesting note, um, out of our North Carolina Christian School Association a number of years ago, we were frustrated that we could not activate the citizens to to do what they could so we formed return america and a number of the members of our christian school uh, uh, board are on the return america board and during covid restrictions our governor democratic governor uh, kept bringing out more and more uh, restrictions executive orders that limited how many could come to church he restricted it a hundred, and then to fifty, and then if you got, you could have ten. But if you had eleventh one that came to church, you had to go outside, meet outside. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter the weather, it didn't matter the age of the congregation, and so finally we uh, took the governor to court to ask for a temporary restraining order in May of 22. And the Lord, in three days, gave us a remarkable victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Dever in the Eastern District of Federal Court of North Carolina ruled that he had no right to do that. He issued the restraining order within a day or so. The governor said he would not contest it, and every church in North Carolina was open mm. with no restraints from then on. Yeah, COVID revealed a lot of... Um, it made clear that a lot of concerns that maybe were discounted previous to COVID about uh, overreach by government, authoritarianism in government, I mean, they were illustrated, um, I think, clearly. Um, It was just interesting, the whole whole discussion about what was essential and what wasn't essential, as if a government official could decide that. And I, I found myself saying a lot, well, you know, the scripture tells us man shall not live by bread alone. And so our society said, well, if you're going shopping, then that's okay at certain stores that we approve of. But if you're going to church, that's not okay. 
And so, I mean, part of the formation of AACS, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Callahan, but was specifically to make sure that the promise of the First Amendment, uh, uh, an accurate uh, separation of church and state, which means that the state shouldn't dominate the church, yes, <laughs> not absolutely. that the church shouldn't have any influence in government. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that was one of the original purposes for AACS. Yes. And so it's good to hear you talk about, you know, one of the, one of, Matt asked about, you know, what have you seen as important changes or developments, but I almost sounds like you're saying we're kind of fighting some of the same battles. Exactly. You exactly. mentioned a court case from North Carolina and now COVID. Um, are there any other developments in, in Christian education other than the, the battle that we seem to constantly fight to, to preserve the promise of the First Amendment and our religious free exercise? I think the growing darkness in America, but a growing coldness and indifference to among Christians hmm. to earnestly rear their children for Christ. I, there has been, since COVID, I think this explosion of young people on electronic devices, cell phones. I don't know about all the schools, but I know most of the schools are fighting a battle on a level that we didn't fight before COVID. Mm. And mm. every kid has a phone and they're gonna do their best to take advantage of it. We, we uh, make them turn all their phones in as they start school. They can't get them to the end of the day. But uh, there's always some kid who's got a second phone, in the, <laughs> you know, something, something going on. That's yeah. right. The yeah. burner, the burner, right. the burner phone. That's yeah. it. Uh, but I, I do think true. I think that has brought uh, a difference. Uh, you know, this being able to artificial intelligence now, a kid can write a marvelous report that he has no <laughs> idea what he said. But yeah. but uh, there is there is a definite change that has taken place in the homes of Christians over the last 10 years that's yeah. tragic. Yeah, my, it's funny that you say that because I think about this often. My parents um, were, were, came to know Christ, came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, became born again, if you will, when I was about four years old. And one of the first things they decided was I was going to go to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. So I was an early participant in the, what we call the modern Christian school movement in the early 70s. And, um, you know, it was not uncommon for families to sacrifice financially to have their kids in Christian school. Uh, Matt's been an administrator, I've been an administrator, mm -hmm. and we've noticed kind of that trend. W what do you attribute that to? Um, you know, I guess I should back up a minute. Now, that trend reversed during COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, I mm -hmm. think uh, Dr. Walton and I were talking tonight, our executive director, and I think he said we're up 30% since COVID in AACS, total enrollment. Yes. But there still seems to be some resistance, some hesitancy. Um, oftentimes, I've heard somebody say, well, it's because pastors don't preach about Christian education. I, I don't know if I feel that way. I don't know mm -hmm. if I sense that. Is there something you've seen in your ministry or broadly across Christian education where parents have lost sight of maybe the value of a Christian education? Well, I think... I think it was Les Olin that used to say, if you brought, put, sent the children home, brought the, the parents as students, the spiritual temperature of the school would drop. <laughs> and I think that, that's probably the, the secret to it. But I do think one of the great blessings is that it has made 
our Christian schools that have a thoroughgoing biblical foundation stand out and parents are reaching out, I think, for those standards that aren't changing, those biblical principles that we've built our ministries on in the past and and now they're they're being tested, but where we where we stand and stay true to what we know is truth, God's eternal truth, in the midst of a sea change, uh, God honors that. Yeah, there does seem to be a trend that we see in AACS. The number of students is increasing. The number of schools, though, is fluctuating, sometimes decreasing. So I, I almost read that as schools that are standing by the stuff, schools that are doing a good job giving a thoroughly Christian um, education and an environment of academic excellence are gaining students, but some schools that either have set aside those important principles or maybe are not um, preparing kids as well academically as they should seem to not be able to make it, even in an environment where parents are looking for an alternative to public school. So, um, yeah, I think that's you make an important point that standing by the stuff and being faithful um, is it, it gets rewarded by by parents choosing our schools. And, and maybe we have a return, as you've said, to that level of sacrifice. You know, my story with my family is similar to yours. Um, my parents were saved in like their mid-30s, so now we're going back to the, like the mid-70s. My sister was first in Christian school, and my dad said he had just bought or was going to buy, I can't remember exactly, but he was just bought a new car or was going to buy a new car, and he had gotten saved, and the tuition for the Christian school was the exact price mm. of what the new car was. And he said, this was a car he'd really wanted. I think it was like 2,500 bucks, right? Uh, for this brand, I forget the car, but this is, uh, I think, Pinto such a station. Yeah, wagon. yeah. That was my family's yeah. car, George. Yeah. Unsafe at any speed. <laughs> Fast forward 10 years down the road, you know, or, or 12 or 13, whatever it took for my sister to graduate. She, she didn't take extra time, by the way, I wasn't trying to say that. Um, but my dad said he was driving around town and he saw that exact car, probably the exact year, mm. and he said it was just, it was a piece of junk. <laughs> But he said the impact of Christian education yes. in the life of my sister and what that had meant to her and to our family yes. was immeasurable. And in that yes. moment, he had learned a very important lesson that I, we just don't, I don't feel like we see that kind of sacrifice uh, yeah. today. We, we, our, our schools often say educating for a term. Yeah. Yes. And that's yeah. a, a, a frustration. Yes. And it's been fascinating over the years to watch parents sacrifice like that. Yeah. I remember one family as a pastor, small work, struggled all the time, but he kept his four kids at our school. He gave up the newspaper. He gave up a telephone. He gave up mm -hmm. everything they could in order to keep his children in school. And uh, I think that's the battle today in, in a lot of ways, although there are some good things with school choice that are a blessing. But I, I think, too, one of the reasons we're losing school is schools is that they get weary in the battle mm. because it is a fight. It's the good fight of the faith, but it's a battle reaching young people and dealing with the uh, animosity that often you find from those parents who at the beginning of the year said, yes, we'll do anything to keep our kids here and then they're fighting you because Johnny's being treated a little too harshly, you know, and, and uh, it just, it is a wearying thing. And I, I'm so thankful for the 
ministries that have continued on with their schools and those who labored reaching kids who rebelled even through graduation only later to surrender and, and you saw the fruit of the struggle that you had given for years in those lives. Yeah, that, you know, definitely I, I found as a school administrator, um, I, I began to feel like my job was to help bring parents along, right? Yes. There is a relationship of trust that you have to build with parents because the cultural expectations, you said, you know, Johnny's in trouble or, you know, things are hard for him. And parents like the, the product yes. that Christian schools produce, but they, they question the process every mm -hmm. step of the way. That's and right. so you, you kind of have to... Um, you have to win the parents over. You have to kind of explain in detail how what you're doing is attached to the quality of graduate you're trying to produce. Absolutely. And so as an administrator, I, I felt like my job was to, to, to minister to parents and to minister to teachers, and, and then they were ministering to the kids. And the, the other thing that I thought of, Dr. Uh, Callahan, as you were talking, was um, the scripture verse. I, I, I think a youth pastor might have pointed this scripture verse out to me one time when I was in youth ministry. And it's the verse, where no um, oxen are, the crib is clean, right. but much increased by the strength of the oxen. Now, right. I, I hope no one mistakes me. We're not calling your, your precious children oxen. <laughs> but, but there's a principle there that Christian yes. education is hard. You know, the classic example is, you know, you're using a church building to have a Christian school and... Uh, the church membership that built the, ch the, the church and don't have a child in the school see the scuffed paint in the holes in the wall and the worn out doors and all of that. And they say, is it worth it? And uh, I think you give testimony to the fact, even through talking about your family and, and the teachers now that graduated from your Christian school are back teaching. And the story after story after story of the impact of Christian education, certainly there's much strength um, in our society, in our culture, uh, because of the work of Christian educators. So we're grateful for your contribution. Um, you, you're a guy that has a stake in the game, you, you know, um, as far as Christian education goes. And congratulations on your ascendancy to uh, the presidency of AACS. We're so grateful for the leaders that God has given us. Uh, we wish a sad goodbye to Dr. Rouse and wish him well and his wife. But we gladly welcome you to this new position of president of AACS, and we look forward to God doing great things through your ministry and the leadership that you'll provide to the uh, association, to the organization. Yeah, and with that, um, there was a, a recommendation to the Board of State Representatives, and uh, the vote that came about for the presidency was a unanimous vote. Unanimous. For uh, Dr. Callahan, which is uh, excellent. We, we even brought in, like, um, officials from Gwinnett County and surrounding yes. area to certify the vote. Yes. To make sure that it was accurately now, recorded. Did you see the Did you see the video of the extra ballots that were stuffed <laughs> under a table somewhere? No, I, I saw no such video, Matt. I don't. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. It kind of does. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was one hundred percent for Dr. certified. Trump. Certified. You were one of the ballot counters. Oh, you're you? not supposed to reveal that. Oh, sorry, sorry. We'll Indictments that. to follow. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, sincerely, welcome, Dr. Callahan. It was a unanimous vote. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for, you know, the Bible instructs us to do all things decently and in order. Now, sometimes uh, transitions in leadership in organizations don't go smoothly. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful that this transition has been done decently and in order. 
uh, with integrity, and we're, we're gr just grateful for um, the, the unity that was expressed yes. in your unanimous vote by the board and by the board of state reps. Yes, there was a, there was a very detailed process that was followed. Mm -hmm. uh, going Over the course the, of the last year. Right, going yeah. all the way back into 2023. So that's really, uh, that's really exciting. So, And we would all have loved for Pastor Rouse to have been able to continue. But mm. We certainly understand the necessity of caring for his wife. Caring for his wife, Pray yeah. for him. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much, gentlemen. It's a, an honor to uh, represent the AACS. I mean, accolades for us. We got the first <laughs> interview with the new AACS president. And it was a good interview by my, by my standards. A plus. I mean, I, I would think so. Probably 110 <laughs> if I was great. <laughs> Bonus points. Out of 200. Just right. kidding. Just kidding. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, it has been a pleasure uh, to have Dr. Callahan. And always good to be in person uh, with my co-host, Jameson Coppola. And uh, we will see you next time right here on AACS Today. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you're at in the world. God bless. God bless.